on Friday, Chad and I celebrated 22 years of marriage. Thank you. I think we have a, a picture. Guys, why are we gazing at our wedding bands? Who got married like 20 years ago and this is what you did? You have a picture that's similar to this. It's just what we did. Um, 22 years ago, and I remember that day very, very well. I remember even the video capturing a picture of Chad and, and he's literally crying. And the tear, you know how it's like slow motion and the tear was going down in the video. But it was really legitimate for us that we knew we were not only establishing commitments to one another, but to the Lord. And we were saying to him on that day, and Chad said openly to the Lord, do whatever you want to do with us and however you want to do that. Simple prayer, but it's powerful. Um, Today, Chad is in England speaking there the message of Jesus. And today, I have the privilege to be here speaking the message of Jesus. And it's not lost on me that me and my husband and I get to be in two different continents, but both declaring the truth of God on the weekend of our 22nd anniversary. When it comes to first fruits, there's obviously been some really great conversation and beautiful testimonies of what God has done with the practice and the honor and respect of first fruits. Today, we're going to talk about why Jesus is referred to God's first fruit as his first fruit. And so, to do that, we actually have to expose the practice of first fruits in its historical content. Because it's not just a Jewish thing. It was a festival that God said he has festivals. They are his festivals. And he says, these are the festivals I want you participating in. And one of those was the Feast of First Fruits. So let's talk a little bit about that. Some of this might be a refresher. And for some of you, this may be the first time you've ever seen this parallel. And I am so excited for you to see it that I'm legitimately asking the power of God to so take my tongue and put himself on it. Because I want you to see and experience the largeness and the intention of your father. So during the times, well, even now, but at that point, the days of Jesus, they were practicing first fruits, and it came because of a Levitical ordinance, okay? So let's go first to Exodus twenty-three nineteen, just to set some, some background for us, and then we'll, we'll take a look at Leviticus. But first, Exodus twenty-three nineteen, bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. And the next one, do not cook a young goat in mother's milk, but bring the best of the first fruits from the soil. I mean, like he's being very specific. Okay, and then Leviticus 23:11. He is to weigh, this is the priest. The priest is to wave the sheaf before the Lord so it will be accepted on your behalf. 
He's talking to the, the children of Israel. You're to practice this and do this because the priest is going to wave the sheaf before the Lord so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. That timing is important, and we'll discover why in a few minutes. Okay, so let's just set the scene, all right? So a priest uh, would, during the, uh, there would be Passover, all right? And, and many of us can, can place Passover because Passover was a celebration that honored the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. Because if they did what the Lord told them to do and took a, a lamb and the best lamb, an unblemished, spotless lamb, and took his blood and put it on their doorpost, then the angel of death would pass over and they would be saved, right? And so from that point on, they were told by God through Moses, from this point on, we will always celebrate the Passover, right? And so now here we are, it's the days of Jesus. They're still celebrating the Passover just like they've been asked to generations and generations and generations prior. There's a lot of people there uh, celebrating the Passover in Jerusalem, okay? And so what would happen in a festival like this is you would have Passover, and then the next day was called a high day, a Sabbath. That was a high day. That was meant to be a, a special day that you weren't supposed, you weren't supposed to treat it like a Sabbath. You weren't supposed to work, you weren't supposed, but it was a, a, a designated Sabbath. And then the next day was the traditional weekly Sabbath. So you had two Sabbaths in a row. So Passover, celebration, high Sabbath day, and then the weekly Sabbath. And then the next day was the first day of the week. And on that day was the beginning of the Feast of First Fruits. Okay? And so on that day, what a, what a priest would do is they would go to, uh, typically at this point, it was a designated area of barley. And they would go and they would, they would pick uh, a sheaf out of the barley and they would bring it into the temple and the priest would stand there and he would, before anything else happened to that barley grain, he would hold the sheaf up to the Lord in front of the people and he would wave it. And he would say, it was called a wave offering. And he would wave it and he would give thanks on behalf of the people to God and saying, we believe that this is representative of all the rest. This right here is representing all the rest. And before we even touch any of the rest, we're coming to you. The interesting thing is, is that you know how harvest can be, soil, rain, sun. Sometimes it's not always completely ready on a specific day, right? Sometimes it's ready a couple of days before, you thought, a couple of weeks before. But on this particular festival, they did not touch that barley grain. So whether it was still green and not quite ready yet, or whether it's been sitting on ready for about a week and a half. We got some bread to make. It didn't get touched until the feast of first fruit started. And the priest would take the grain and wave it. And thanks would be given. Okay? So that's a bit of the context for that. It was understood that no one would touch their grain until the priest had given thanks. So let's walk on a little bit more and let's just remind ourselves of, of the obvious passage where Jesus is referred to as first fruits. It's already been read this morning, but let's go ahead and read it again. First Corinthians 15, starting in verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest. 
See that metaphor being used, that symbolism that Jesus is serving? He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Oh, okay, so this is where I'm just so excited about like getting to heaven one day and seeing the DVD that gets played about what things really looked like in a moment. I'm thinking about the day that Jesus was inspected, that day of Passover. See, fathers, Jewish fathers were, were gathering their family's best lamb. And if they didn't have a best, they went and purchased a best because they needed to come and represent their family and take it into the temple. That's where it would be inspected first. Had to make sure that this isn't something that you're trying to pass off as pure and good and right. It had to be inspected by the priests. And so the priest would sit there and he would inspect this lamb. And then if he deemed it unblemished, spotless, perfect, the best, then he would sacrifice it. And the sins of that family would be atoned for. See, while that's going on, Jesus is being inspected. Not only in the natural is Pilate inspecting him and finding no fault in him publicly. I find no fault with him. The Father in heaven was inspecting Jesus as the Lamb of God. Finding no fault in him. Perfectly spotless, sinless, so that he could be a proper sacrifice. What man was doing was just temporary, but what God was doing was going to be eternal and permanent. And so as Jesus is being inspected, he's then being uh, held. At this point, he's now going to be moved over and transitioned into being put on the cross. And on the day that he was put on the cross was Passover. The day he died was Passover. The Lamb of God shed his blood just like they were celebrating the Exodus generations and generations and generations prior. In the natural, people are continuing to go about their annual traditions, and God is doing something permanent in the background. I want to jump in real quickly and say there are some traditions that you are doing, and there is something God is doing in the background that is very, very permanent for you. And if you are wondering what that is, just say, open my eyes, Lord, I want to see. Let him who have ears, let him hear. Let him who has eyes, let him see. Were there even those among Jesus who realized what was really happening? Was there even just one? Oh, but the Father knew. And all of heaven knew what he was doing. So then Jesus, while everyone else in the natural is resting on high Sabbath and the next day the weekly Sabbath, 
Jesus is doing a massive work on behalf of the people he loves. We believe by faith that he went down into the pits of Hades, that he reclaimed the authority that rightfully now belongs to man because man messed it up and man made it right. He was the son of man. It had to come through Jesus. It had to come through a perfect human. He was the only one who could do it. And when he got those keys, now he's ready to make himself known. And just like that barley grain, and the reason why it's barley and not something else is barley out of the grains was the first one to ripen. It was the first one to mature. That's why that is so important. It couldn't have been anything else. It had to be barley because it was the first to mature. Jesus would be the first to mature and seed dies and then it comes up to newness of life. And when that priest took that sheaf of barley grain in front of all the people and he took it up to the Lord to wave it and to tell him, thank you for the newness of life. Thank you for the newness of life. Oh God, provider of all that is good. Thank you for the newness of life. We trust you infinitely. It doesn't even matter if all these things are really ripe and ready. If the harvest is ripe, it doesn't matter to us right now because we're going to tell you thank you. We're going to give it in the natural that is happening and in the unseen to our eyes, definitely seen to the second realm. Praise him for that. God is pulling up his first fruit out of the ground. And he is bringing it up for everybody to see. And he is waving it back and forth. And he is saying, he's the first of many. He's the first of many. He's the first of many. There is an entire harvest that is yours. But this is the first of many. That is the power of Jesus as our first fruit. And if you've said yes to that first fruit. You are part of the many. This is the intention of our God. This is the activity of our God. He is always doing things behind the scenes that is so important, so permanent, so valuable, so necessary. Our lives matter not at all had it not been for the resurrection of the first fruit. So what does that have to do with me bringing a tithe? I'm not a farmer. I do not trade and barter my barley. I live in 2019 and I didn't choose that date. The word of God tells me that there's a time for man to be born and there's a time for man to die. There must be something important about God bringing you into the earth at this time. At this time. He's not offended with our ignorance. He loves to help. He's an amazing teacher. He just wants that openness of heart. It's what he's asking for. And so maybe in our ignorance, we say, I respect that. I I love that. I, I, 
But help me know how that connects. How do I bring this to you? I may not have a barley field, but I have a bank account. I have a job that puts money into my bank account and I can trust my barley field. And I can even be tempted at times to relabel. Holy Spirit, show me the power, unfortunate power of relabeling something, calling it something else than what it actually is. What if a family member back in that festival time had said, listen, I mean, our grain has been good for about a week and a half now, going on eight days here, 10 days, and all my family came in to Jerusalem because I'm the only one who lives here. Everybody else lives out in Saskatchewan, and they've all come to live in my house for the week of the festival. I mean, none of them brought anything. They just, I don't know why, they just expect for me to take care of everything all the time. I mean, like, my gosh, what am I just made of? Barley? It's right. It's good. We love the festival. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's why we're all here. It's because we love the festival and we honor the festival. That's why we're all here. Again, that's why they came from Saskatchewan to be here. It's because we actually really respect the festival. And oh, don't I love it when the kids and I, and I make sure that I have cleaned their road because you know how the children are when they're running up and down the streets of Jerusalem. So we just make sure that we're well presentable when we come into the temple, when the priest goes to wave the wave offering, and then I'm just sitting on pins and needles because um, my roast is cooking over there at the house. I need to get the barley going because all the people need to eat. You know what? I bet it's not a big deal because I have a really great regard and really great respect for all that's going on. I mean, it's evident because I've got people coming into my house and I'm taking care of. It's probably not a big deal if I just go into the barley field right now and pull what I need because, relabeling, I need to be hospitable. I have the gift of hospitality. And you know what? How unloving is it to not feed the people that have come into my home? That's not even love. That's not even kindness. And you know what? Yes, uh, Jehovah, Yahweh, would have his people be kind. I can't even be kind if I can't even be hospitable. It's not a big deal. I mean, the Lord knows that I know he has it anyway. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick what I need. Because I need it right now. That was actually so looked down upon, not because somebody went out of order, but because someone was saying, it's not important what you need from me, God, and it's not important for the point of time that you've said you needed from me. What's important is what I've needed, and if I need to relabel it in order to satisfy what I need and use some of your own language to do it, I will. For Jesus to be presented as the first fruit. All of heaven, I can just imagine this celebration, can't you? 
I do kind of wonder, was there like a public service announcement in heaven? Did everybody know about what was going on? Did all the angelic ministers know what was going on? Or was that just for a select few for a time? Did some of them wonder, has Jesus died permanently? Is this over? What happened? And then overly excited to see that he's being raised from the dead? I don't know. I don't know. But I can tell you this. When it happened, when Jesus was pulled up from the ground, out of the ground, and exposed to the whole world, and Ephesians even tells us that he was exposed to every demonic force and every principality. Hey, by the way, all demons and principalities and evil dwellers in hell, Jesus is the victor. The, a celebration that was to be, I can only imagine. And see, that's actually in line with what Feast of First Fruits was. It was a celebration of a harvest. It was to say, even if it's green right now and I can't really tell, or even if I'm unsure if the locusts are going to come and eat this up, I'm going to go ahead and celebrate and tell you thank you. I'm going to have an attitude of celebration. I love the Ramosis uh, uh, video because one of the things that they said was like, even when we don't have a whole lot, we did something to celebrate because we just knew it's coming. It's going to come. And I'm not a fan of, of pretending. I actually really hate that. So then if the Lord ever exposes that in me, I really am disgusted and felt by it because I'm like, oh, I hate that. That's disgusting. I participated in pretending. Like, you know, nobody wants that. Listen, if you can... Side, side note. If you're really, really super discerning and observant of other people's issues, I promise you if it's with any integrity at all, you can list your own a lot faster and it'll be a lot longer list. So I'm not a fan of pretending. What I'm a fan of is putting faith in action. And if putting faith in action says, Lord, I have no business taking two and a half dollars and buying Ghirardelli brownie mix for my family tonight, because actually two and a half dollars is strangely enough, a little small cushion for me right now. If the Lord is saying, but do it in celebration of what is coming, then don't devalue your two and a half dollars. Put your faith on it and step into it and celebrate what's coming. Even if it's not fully mature yet even if it's not fully ripened yet, even if you're not completely sure it's going to really come through. Or if it's going to be as large as you had hoped that bounty would be. Choose to put your faith on celebrating something in the process. Because he will bless that. He will honor that. Why? Because you're agreeing with him. You want to know the most powerful prayer you can pray? I agree with you, Lord. You want her well? I agree with you. You want her to have great thought lives? I agree with you. You want abundance in her life spiritually and that it begin to manifest in other areas of her life in favor? I agree with you. 
You want to do a great work of purging? I agree with you. You want to be present through it all, even in the most difficult times? I agree with you. Do you know how powerful that prayer is? So when you are celebrating and bringing your tithes and offerings unto the Lord, into the storehouse, into the temple, what you are saying is, is I agree with you. I agree with your ways. I agree with your thoughts. I agree that you did something that was far greater than anything I could do. Like with all due respect, I can't pull Jesus out of the grave. He's never, ever, ever going to ask you to do something that he has not already done. There is no God like him. There's not another God like him in all the earth. Every other God needs you to prove yourselves to them. Our God has completely proven himself to us and then just asks for a response. That's who our God is. And when you come to him with your tithes and offerings, you are coming out of faith with a response that says, I agree with you. I agree with who you are. I agree with the value system you have. I agree that you're trustworthy. And I agree that you are going to empower me to actually follow through in love out of obedience for you. I agree with you. And so I want to bless us to be those who quickly agree with him. And that it looked like something in our lives. Holy Spirit said to me this morning uh, when I got up, (laughs) I went to, I actually went to verbalize something about this message. And and I felt this check from the Holy Spirit. You would think that would be a proper, that would be a fine conversation, right? But I felt this check from the Holy Spirit to say, You're about to have some first words with me. What is the best first words you can bring to me? Is thinking through more about this your best? And I immediately, I mean, all that, I guess that was kind of a conversation, but in his grace and goodness and mercy, my tongue didn't actually say anything yet private conversation and I said you are worthy of it all and I began to put praise on my lips as the first fruit of my tongue today the reason why our provision is such a big deal in first fruits is because it's the thing that we're probably the most tempted to need in order to supply for ourselves. It actually shows the most evidence area of trusting God. That's why it's important. And with that said, let me challenge you to give him the best of every area of your life. The best part of your tongue, the best part of your actions, the best part of how you serve someone. What if we were began to look at the first thing that we did? What's the, what's the first, as soon as I get into my car, what's the first thing I'm gonna do? Am I gonna turn on the radio and listen to the news? What's the first, what's the best I could bring to him when I'm bringing him my first? And so I want to bless you this week 
to get extremely practical about what that looks like and allow the light of the Holy Spirit and his counsel to explain and show you and, and, and work with you and talk with you and counsel you in all the different ways that your first matter to him because his first mattered to him. His first mattered greatly to him. And we want our first to matter to us for him. If you'll stand with me, I want to pray for us. And prayer servants, if you would like to come on down as I release a blessing. If you would like to just come to a prayer servant and honestly just be encouraged, be blessed by another sister or brother in Christ. Another representative of the many. If you would like to just simply walk forward and be blessed and say, I want to receive a blessing to be practical in giving God my firsts this week. If you want that, let their blessing be a place of encouragement to you. It may not feel like a whole lot in the natural, but I promise you, you're agreeing with God and you're giving him an opportunity to do things behind the scenes just because you are willing to receive a blessing, okay? So if that's something that you want, come on down to the prayer servants, but I also will extend a blessing to you now. In Jesus' name and on the authority of God's first fruit in his son Jesus, Yeshua, our Messiah, the anointed one, it is in his name and in his power that I bless you I bless you to consider all the ways, to be open to all the many ways that he wants you to give him the best of your firsts this week. In Jesus' name, amen.